Hey there, it's Isaac from Powered by Rock here to bring George Pahone Jr. from the Black Eyed Peas and Cairo Knife Fight into the spotlight for a few minutes and make him sweat with some on-the-spot questions. Hey, George, you ready to be put in the spotlight? Yep. All right. So you've obviously traveled the world and probably played every size stage imaginable. What was the single coolest show you have played and what group were you playing with? Do you have a worst show experience as well? Uh, yes. Um uh, best show was uh, Rock and Rio in uh, Rio de Janeiro, and this one was on Ipanema Beach. One point five million people were there. Wow, that's crazy! I'm assuming that was with Black Eyed Peas for sure. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a war show, honestly. Really? No. Nothing where you got heckled or anything weird. Like obviously, like depending on the, the size been of the show, but with Cairo when we were touring for opening up for Carnival, the very first. Uh, very first show of the tour, the a tour manager came up to us backstage and said, hey, I want to apologize ahead of time. Our fans are brutal. They're going to heckle you. They're going to talk shit. They'll probably boo you. And I, <laughs> and I stopped him mid-sentence like, yeah, it's not going to happen to us. <laughs> he laughed. He's like, you're a cocky bitch. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen to us. <laughs> and he's like, okay, you want to make a bet? And I'm like, sure. First round on whoever's right. And he's like, Okay, he stood side stage. We came out. They heckled me from what I was wearing on my head to my shoes to the guitar I was playing. The minute we went into our first song, though, all those people that were yelling at me were saying, we're so sorry. We're so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Cairo's just one of those bands that, like, from note one, you're just like, whoa, what, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. And so we're very confident in that. So there, I, there's never been a a worse show for me that's awesome it's good to know because i mean i think you also when when it comes to people that say like oh we had bad shows or whatever it also comes of what you put out right so like sometimes you're the person that's causing the negative energy yeah. that's coming back to you so it happens yeah. <laughs> all right uh, question number two you have worked with some of the biggest names in the music industry over the last 30 years or so uh, is there anyone you have not worked with that you're really wanting to do something with uh Ooh, yes. I'd love to get in the studio with two people. I would love to for... Uh, I'm going to make it a threesome then, George. That's, that's a little risque. <laughs> no, just production-wise, not okay. uh, guest artist. Um, I'd love for Omar from the Mars Volta to produce a Cairo song, and I'd okay. love for Josh Homie to produce a Cairo song. Oh, yeah, Queens of Stony. Yeah, that'd be... Well, that... I mean... Imagine those two guys working together with you on one song. Yeah. That would be a freaking mind bender right there. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Question number three. You do have one of the most insane pedal board rigs and amp setups that I've ever seen. How much money and time would you say you've invested in this system to allow you to play the loops and switch between amps and all this other crazy shit that you do when you play live? Oh, money. <laughs> is, I could have bought another house. Um, <laughs> uh, time never ending. I, yeah. if you saw the amount of time I put into it, let me just show you. <laughs> start, start with the first text message to Dave Freeman back in 2011 or whatever. <laughs> no, it's worse than that. <laughs> so I go through every single pedal. Yeah. And there's a list to describe every single patch, how it speaks to me, what it does, how could I use it? I do that for every single pedal uh it, the amount of nerdiness that goes into this so just to give you an example for the 22 songs that we wrote uh for the new cairo records 
I spent about six months pre-planning just tones and sounds. And there is, so I would, in my studio, I would start a Pro Tools file and that session, and it's literally all my amps are mic'd up, everything's on recording, and I would scream out, uh, this could be a verse, or this could be a part at the end of a chorus, and then I'd do a little marker in Pro Tools and put the number and put the number in the description. Uh, so there is almost 16 hours of that <laughs> session. Wow. And so that's how much time I put into before we write records into sounds. And then once those records are done, which I said earlier, those sounds are now dead and I do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that, that was all one, one culmination. It's like Hans Zimmer for like a transformer yeah. soundtrack or whatever. like, well, I'm never going to play that again, but that was what I did for like six straight months. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty insane. All right. Question number four, another thing that I think you have is an absolutely sweet guitar lineup. Uh, you even have it on your website, which I'll probably do like yeah. at this part, I'll start do like a screen share when I edit this and I'll start showing all your badass guitars. Like, I don't even know, like some of them don't even necessarily look like guitars. I'm like, what in the hell? Like you have like a, a lightning bolt one. You got some other ones. Yeah. Uh, it, let's say your studio started on fire fire while you were in it. And because you only have two hands, you can only grab two guitars out of the fire. Which two are you taking with you? Uh, my very first real guitar, which is a 72 Strat that I put on layaway when I was 18 years old. Okay. That has to come with me. And then I have a 54 uh, uh, Les Paul that has to come with me. Okay. What's the special meaning behind that? Obviously, it's a Les Paul from 54, but... Um, it's just the best sounding guitar I own. And okay. it, you'll never be able to replicate that guitar. And it's not one of the like $200,000 guitars. It was, it's even more unique than that because you can find those pretty much anywhere. They're now, yeah. now a big business. Yeah. Some people sell them to buy a house. Yeah. Uh, this particular one is when they moved the Gibson factory from its original location and they moved the big machines. There was a bunch of bodies and a bunch of parts from the 50s that, that well, they were building the, the guitars. They would just kind of toss them. Mm-hmm. That is the very first reissue that Gibson ever made was in 72. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact year that they were made, but the whole guitar is all 54 parts except for the neck. Gotcha. And so that was the very first reissue they ever they ever released. Wow. And real real uh, 50s parts with whatever uh, wood they were using at that year. Sure. So okay. That, it's it's a Frankenstein, but it is the most amazing sounding guitar I own, and I couldn't I could never let that go. Yeah, you can't replace it either. It's impossible now. Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Question number five. If you could go back in time and change one thing about your musical career, what would you have done differently? Nothing. Okay. How about this? If you could take a time machine and make one thing better at any point. I do know how to answer that question. Okay. I, I, cause I just said it the other day. So when the piece started getting really famous, um, one of the things that kept us on the road a lot is that we had a live band. So mm-hmm. 
Will would adjust to whatever band we were playing with. So there were times when we were doing Big Day Out, Metallica was a headliner. So mm -hmm. since it was a more rock-friendly festival, we'd speed the songs up and play them. Yeah. The one thing I do regret is while I was playing all these shows, I was touring with some of my favorite bands now, and I didn't develop relationships the way I should have back then because I was so busy with the writing and I was involved in that world because I was a, a, a signed to EMI. So after every show, I'd have to go to the studio and work with whatever artist it was from that city. So you weren't really thinking about Chris Cornell is yeah. before us. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, why didn't I talk to him? Why didn't I yeah. develop a relationship with him? I did with some, but I should have done it with all because now what I'm after is I'm pushing a rock band. <laughs> it would yeah. have been a lot easier if I had yeah. relationships with all these people. So that's one thing I regret big time. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, with music especially, networking is huge. I mean, you got to know people in, in every city that you want to be playing in. You got to know people that have connections to the people that you want to be connected to. So, yeah, it's it's very interesting because that's one of the things I think most most bands don't really understand is they just want to go play, but they don't they don't necessarily have to like the other bands that they're playing with. And I'm like, no, you may not have to like their music necessarily. You should probably give it a chance, but yeah, get to know these people. Like these people yeah. are the people that are going to help you beyond your own abilities. Well, you never know that person that's playing guitar for this band that's sharing the bill with you could end up being uh, executive two months from now. And, yeah. you know, it just it, I've seen it time and time again. And honestly, the thing I regret is I networked a lot, but my networking was based on their music. So yeah. if I wanted to put out a pop record. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't network in the my, the world I was going to end up in, which is the world I grew up on. That's what yeah. I should have done. And, yeah. it, and I understand why I didn't do it. it. You know, when you go and talk to James, you don't say, hey, I'm the guitar player for the Black Eyed Peas. It's kind of like... Yeah, he'd be like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what his attitude would be, but... No, he was really he was really nice because he his yeah. daughters loved our band, so he brought his daughters to uh, our show a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, but like I met Josh when uh, Josh Homie, when Queens of Stone Age first released their first album, Rated R. Well, the first uh, critical success album. Yeah. And they were on the same tour with us. It was Big Day Out in Australia. And man, I watched them play that album from beginning to end every night. It was amazing with the original lineup, which is to me the best lineup. And I walked up to Josh Homie and introduced myself that way. I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm on the same tour. I'm a guitar player for the Black Eyed Peas. And he looked me down in the face and said, I fucking hate hip hop and walked the hell away. <laughs> and that's why I didn't do it again. I was like, well, that's a bad word, apparently, in the, in yeah. the rock. So I won't ever say that. <laughs> but it that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Yeah. And I actually respected him for it because it's like, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> want to be in your band <laughs> no i think that's actually that's what i said to you is like when i met you i was like yeah like i didn't know that even the black ips had a band that they yeah. paid like I, I assume like everybody else that they lip well not lip sync but play over a backing track most of the time and so then when when our mutual friend uh introduced us he was like yeah this is george he's in the black ips i actually naturally assumed that he had missaid the name and thought it was a cover band. And he was like the Black Eyes Peas or something. And like, you know, some cover band here in Vegas. And I was like, 
okay. Like I was like, at first I was like, I didn't even know what he said. And I was like, wait, you're talking about the actual black IP. Oh, okay. So that makes a lot of difference between you and the next guy who walks in the bar. He's probably like literally in a cover band. Um, and yeah, the first thing I said to you is like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't know who you are. Cause I don't listen to hip hop. I don't listen to pop music, but, and you're like, yeah, I don't really either. I'm a rock guy. I was like, I can tell by the way you kind of hang out, <laughs> like you, yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of a rock guy. And then you're like, yeah, I'm in Kyra Knife. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that band. I hadn't spent much time listening to them because there's so much music out there. You have to kind of try to find these things. And now yeah. that you've mentioned that you're in it, I've definitely, I've checked it out and I'm going to go watch you guys live. So it's pretty you awesome. Know, you know, what's funny is there was for a long time here in Vegas, a Black Eyed Peas uh, cover band called Black Black Eyed Please. Uh, okay. See, that's, that's yeah. where my head was going. I was like, because it's yeah. always something like that. <laughs> And they were very popular here. I never got a chance to see them, but it was it's pretty funny. Yeah. So that's what I thought AJ was talking about. And I was like, yeah. I uh, I don't know if he's being like, this is real Black Eyed Peas or a cover band. I could easily be both. Because <laughs> that's how Vegas is. It's like oh, the spectrum sure. is crazy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the hot seat questions I got for you, George. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all your time. Obviously, thank you for being on the show we've had to reschedule a couple times but uh you know this is somebody who if you guys don't know who he is you you know the music he's made he's been he's been part of some of the most popular music over the last 30 years uh so i want to thank the man the myth the legend george pahone jr for stepping into the spotlight and answering these hot seat questions guys make sure to go to the show notes below this episode for links to his music both with black ips which i'm sure you've heard by now and to Cairo Knife Fight. Obviously, that's the Powered by Rock side that we're, we're having the conversation about. But, uh, you know, obviously, the guitar work that you do is amazing. Uh, and then, guys, if, if you obviously want to, go check that all that stuff out. He will be playing some shows. The links to all that stuff will be, as, be below this episode as well. Until we see you soon again for the next episode, rock on.